in Mumbai, India in 2008, you had like a dozen Pakistani militants uh, storm the city with boats and roll around with AKs and they shot hundreds of people. And that doesn't count, number doesn't one, count. because it's multiple shooters and because I guess it's terroristic in its motives. Get ready for the uncloseted conservative hour you've been waiting for. No censors, no fake news, just facts and the freedom to speak them. Friends, if you are still in the conservative closet, I've got one question for you. Why? We've sat in silence. We've been on the sidelines for years. How has it been working out? That's why it's an uncloseted conservative revolution right here, right now. Let's get into it. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show. I am Joe Mobley, your host. Huge thanks to Birch Gold Group, guys. The show is presented by Birch Gold Group. If you don't know about them, you need to. Uh, if all of your money is in a regular IRA, 401k, you need to get it out. You need to put some of it into gold, into a precious metals, uh, tax-sheltered IRA. Birch are the best people to do it with. If you want a free info kit they've got for you, all you got to do is text Mobley to 989898. Mobley is spelled M-O-B-L-E-Y. Text Mobley to 989898 today. Guys, we are still talking guns. It's no surprise because guns is at the top of the debate. Uh, not the inconvenient facts about guns, like people trying to sneak in the uh, U.S. Supreme Court justices' homes and murder them with firearms, but all of the inconvenient facts about firearms, that's... Uh, uh, that's stuff that you're not going to see on the media, which is why content creators like myself and our guests are rising to the forefront. Guys, we're talking firearms. We're talking, we're debunking uh, a study that should have been debunked. I mean, it, you know, if the media, if fact checkers did anything, they took their job seriously at all. A study that really shouldn't have uh, risen to notoriety. We're going to be talking that and more with our guest, Matt Christensen, and it all starts right now. Matt, how are you, my my friend? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, I almost said my dude. Uh, we did not go to high school together. You are not my dude. My dude is that my the dudes. rule? Is that the rule for <laughs> yeah. the term? I, I didn't know, but I, I was. You know, I'm fine being a dude too. It's up this to you. is the the back uh, the backstage info. I was like a skater boy in high school in Virginia Beach. Like had a big fro, bought Marley shirts, just like Join the club. Up, uh, yeah. yeah. So those are my dudes. <laughs> you. <laughs> well, I could have skateboarded with you in high school. I can't do it. I mean, I can push around now, but that is a young man's yeah. sport. And I uh oh, yeah. I like what's left in my ankles. I like what's left in my <laughs> knees. So I don't I don't skateboard anymore. My my ankles are done. Uh yeah. so I'm a huge fan of yours, but for if somehow I've got some listening audience that doesn't know who uh this uh famous white supremacist over here is, of course <laughs> I, I speak in jest. Uh tell us who you are and about your channel, which is linked below wherever you're watching or listening. Sure. Uh I uh I do my own uh, short YouTube videos twice weekly. I do a live stream on Sunday nights and I'm talking politics, news, culture from uh I don't know. I'm not a big fan of labels, um, but you know, I, I suppose a constitutional conservative or libertarian perspective. I just 
trying to uphold what's left of the founding values of this country and and trying to separate what's true and what's false in a, a media environment that uh, doesn't seem much interested in that. So that's what I'm doing on a weekly basis. And uh, if you're interested in finding my stuff, it's all at mattchristiansonmedia.com. It's a difficult last name to spell, but it's Christian like the religion, S-E-N, mattchristiansonmedia.com. It's not difficult to click guys the link is literally below like you can see his face go under it you can click on the link uh follow him on social media also watch the video that we're going to be talking about the video 17 minutes guys we're not watching it um but you should watch it and i'm one of those guys i I listen to people on 1.5 1.75 you don't get to quite shapiro fast but i actually (laughs) walked in on my wife listening to my podcast on 1.5 i was like what the heck is that uh so that was interesting um, but guys, this is this is the video um, that we're talking about, and it I think it's hilarious. But it's so fact based. It's it's funny too because guys like us are you know citizen journalists or whatever. It's like we shouldn't be journalists. We're like we're like YouTubers. But but the problem is journalists don't do journalism anymore. So uh, so here we are. Um, but the video's claims U.S. leads the world in mass shootings are based on one bunk study. Ignore evidence otherwise. Um, so again, it's linked below. I'm sure Matt doesn't want to look at a picture of his talking head, so we'll put that away. Um, but this is this is the the almost infamous now, uh, you know, lot study versus uh, what's his face, Adam Lankford, yeah. and. Adam Lankford's a clown. We know it. You know it. I know it. But talk to us a little bit about the study, what you found when you were kind of comparing the two. Yeah, well, it, it, you uh, mentioned debunking in your intro there. And that's what's frustrating about the battle between these two. And I wasn't really familiar with either of them until a listener of mine sent me Lankford's study. And the frustrating thing about Lankford's study... Air quotes for study. It's, it's highly flawed, yeah, as you've mentioned and as I'm sure we'll discuss. But... Um, you know, it's frustrating that, that we don't have media challenging that particular study. We, we have media completely ignoring a thorough debunking done by John Lott, as you referenced. So to back up a little bit, I'm sure if you're looking at any kind of major news source, you've seen some claim to the effect of mass shootings are a uniquely U.S. or American problem. There was this viral moment where a British reporter approached Ted Cruz and asked him, uh, why is this only happening in America? And Ted Cruz kind of rejected the premise and walked away. And uh, all sorts of media outlets wanted to make Ted look like a moron. But the articles written about that granted the premise. Oh, yeah, for sure. This is an American phenomenon. This is not something that happens internationally. You dig into that. If you, first of all, in a lot of stories, you won't even find a citation. It's just one of those premises that it's just it's just true. You just accept it as true. But if you do find a citation... The one you almost always find, in fact, I've, I've dug a little bit, I have not seen a citation otherwise. Exclusively, the citation that I see is the study from Lankford that you reference. And Adam Lankford is a uh, University of Alabama criminologist, and he did a study that was published 2015, 2016. And uh, you're right, it deserves air quotes around study because it's <laughs> highly methodologically and analytically flawed. He uh, He used primarily data from the NYPD. And he supplemented a little bit with uh, FBI data. And he looked at 1966 to 2012. And and according to his definition of mass shooting, which was four more dead in a public place in a non-terroristic event, and we can 
dispute around the edge. Like, I don't understand why non-terroristic events, why you would define it that way. But okay, you, hey, that's well, your if definition. If a terrorist goes into a school and kills everyone, it's fine. It's not a mass yeah, shooting. Thank terrorism. God it's not a terrorist doing yeah. that. Whatever. But okay, so that's the definition. He uses that. He searches through the NYPD data. He finds something like 192 events fitting this criteria. Uh, okay. I mean, oh, and his conclusion is a third of the mass shootings globally in that time frame, 66 to 2012, were in the United States, which would be hugely disproportionate because we're not a third of the global population, obviously. Uh, and, and you look at that and you think, okay, it, I mean... It would be as alarming as, say, 13% of the population committing 90% of the violent crimes. It, it would be staggeringly it, alarming. 90% now? <laughs> Are we up to 90%? A violent crime. Yeah, uh, well, I, I might be thinking just 2020 data I'm referencing ah. here. Of course, uh, you know, just, just wow. a couple of white nationalists kicking the crime ball back and forth. Got it, yeah. yeah. Okay, so so you you read Lot's study, and I looked at it. You think like, okay, I guess I guess that's maybe I I don't know. Um, of course, to evaluate, you want to look at the events that he's counting. What is he counting? What is he not counting? How is he reaching these numbers? He wouldn't share them. They were not included in the study. Uh, you couldn't evaluate them for themselves. No, you just we, had to look we, at. His... We don't want to see the sources. We we yeah. just reference the study to fact check the study. Right. That's not how you do it. So for years, Langford would not share the data. And this is constantly being cited by media. You can't actually evaluate the data for yourself. You can now, but for years, 2016 and onward, you couldn't. In the meantime, he did give his data to the New York Times in 2017 to publish a whole bunch, uh, a whole bunch of graphics. So you can look at all these charts that they made. But again, you can't see the actual raw numbers that were used to make the charts. You just see the lines that they draw to tell you that Look how many there are in the U.S., but not elsewhere. Okay, so along comes John Lott, uh, as you described. And John Lott is a, a researcher at, um, uh, he has his own, uh, his own organization crime, called the Crime, crime Prevention. Institute, yeah. Yeah, uh, Crime Prevention Research Center. And he, uh, he, he, he had been asking Adam Lankford for the data for years because he's, full disclosure, John uh, Lott is uh, like a gun rights advocate type guy. But he's interested in the truth and he's interested in the data from what I gather. I don't know him personally, but reading his work, it seems to be the case. Um, so he asks Lankford for the data for years. Lankford refuses. Will not show him the data. So John Lott thinks, okay, well, the best I can do is, I guess, try to recreate uh, what you've created and assess its validity that way. So he uses a similar definition to Langford. He does include terrorism events. Uh, he went to the University of Maryland's global terrorism database, which is, uh, this is the interesting thing about Langford's original study. He said that the data he had were, the word he used, I think, were com was complete, either complete or yeah. comprehensive. Can't remember. Um, and, uh, so Lot goes to a different data set, the University of Maryland's Global Terrorism Database, which is apparently much closer yeah, to... Got unquote. some of that for us to look at. Yeah, complete. And, um, <laughs> and Wait, it, did, it wasn't complete? Yeah, Lot didn't find uh, 192 events or whatever Langford's number was. He found, he looked at 98 to 2012, and he found, I forget what the exact number is, or I guess you've got it 1491. here, potentially. Yeah, almost 1,500 events in... Uh, 14 or 15 years. And and Langford was claiming there are only a few hundred events over the course of 30 or 40. So 
clearly we weren't looking at complete data. And when and when Lot looks at what events are happening where, again, definition being four more dead in a public place, potentially with a terroristic motive in, in his case, uh, you're looking at something like 3% of the mass shootings globally being in the United States, which is roughly parallel with our, our percentage of the global population. In fact, it's a little under. We're like 4 or 5% mm-hmm. of the global population. And um, so looking at, at a, much broader, a much broader set of information, Lot was able to show that, that this claim that we're disproportionately uh, experiencing mass shootings in the U.S. Is, is, if not false, highly questionable. So then Lankford comes back and has a, just a ridiculous response, at least in my opinion. Uh, he says that, well, yeah, if you look at Lot's data, uh, but he, he has identified so many more instances, but they're instances of mass shootings committed by more than one shooter. And we all know that mass <laughs> shootings are definitionally only committed by one shooter, which, uh, no, we don't all know that. If you look, so Lankford in this study, which was released in 2019 in this response, it wasn't really a study, it was more just a response. He actually does release his original data, but tries to dunk on Lot by saying that you can't include incidents with more than one shooter. You go look at Langford's original data. What's in there? Columbine. I thought that doesn't count as a mass shooting because there were two guys who committed it. Or if, he, if his data extended to 2015 uh, or whenever San Bernardino was, point is, would San Bernardino not count because there were multiple shooters? And it, it's not even an, analytical, an ana- analytically logical point. Why would I care or why is it better to have one shooter versus multiple shooters in a mass shooting? I would prefer fewer shooters if I had to pick. So the point he's making, one, wasn't part of his original definition, and two, I, I'm, I fail to see how it's better. Um, and, and that really is sort of the end of this debate. And to, the, to your original point, you know, I'm not even saying Lot's work is methodologically flawless or perfect, but you have to notice how one of these studies is universally cited by media, uncritically, as the truth. The other is a high-quality challenge to it, at least as, as quality as the original study, and you don't hear a peep. It's not even mentioned. You, you, you can't even get a, a follow-up sentence that says, Lankford found that the U.S. is alone, comma, lot uh, challenged with a different, uh, a different analysis. You, will, you won't even see that. You won't even get a, a qualifier in that one. And you... You don't have to be a researcher. Matt and I, we're not researchers. You know, I don't spend my days combing over qualitative versus quantitative. Which one of these am I going to, you know, itch my my jacket to? But you do need to do a little bit of fact-checking. You know, they used to call it due diligence, you know, in yeah. law enforcement or media. And one of the issues is whatever Lankford did release about his study, uh, you know, you're thinking about the sources, NYPD. So NYPD is going to be at least New York centric or United States centric. Same thing with the FBI. And they didn't even deny that. They were like, oh, well, we, we only kind of queried English uh, websites. That, that's how, a good point how that are I... you supposed to find crime in yeah. Africa and Asia and India and all these places in English? Like that's, that's ex- literally that's a, insane. That's exactly right. And I glossed over that point. So thanks for bringing it up. Um, the NYPD, that database actually discloses exactly the way that you're describing. We assembled this database, they say, by doing web searches in English. So you have two problems. Number one, As you're not going to find... the NYPD might. <laughs> right. You're not going to find new sources in a foreign language. And 
if you if you're looking at 1966 onward, you want to find foreign shooting incidents uh, before the internet. You think that there's going to be like a wide internet archive of this information? Maybe, but you're probably going to have to find physical copies of news reports. And then you have even if you do have that information. The idea that there's going to be quality reporting internationally where you have all sorts of authoritarian regimes that are obviously going to suppress information that makes them look bad about, say, significant crime that they weren't able to stop, a mass shooting, for example. Um, and, you know, you have are, all the, are and, you and, suggesting that China might not be forthcoming with their yeah, gun crime? Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, it sounds it's, conspiratorial. Yeah, I, I, you, you would be wise not to trust... Uh, Trust regimes like that. My my favorite example of what was included or excluded, I uh, I barely even remember it because it's kind of long ago now, and I guess I was a little younger when it happened. But in Mumbai, India, in two thousand eight, you had like a dozen Pakistani militants uh, storm the city with boats and roll around with AKs, and they shot hundreds of people. And that doesn't count. Number doesn't one, count. because it's m- multiple shooters. And because I guess it's terroristic in its motives. But we're supposed to look at an event, which they're horrible events, don't get me wrong. A lone gunman going into a grocery store, going into a school and shooting uh, several people, you know, uh, a a dozen plus dead. That's horrible. But we're going to look at that and say, well, that's a unique U.S. problem. But, But what happens in India, you know, a decade and a half ago, where you have hundreds more done by a dozen men. Well, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's uh, I guess, bad, but it's, it's not the same sort of ultimate problem that we have in the United States. I just, I don't understand what logical standard there could be to say that, uh, that what happens in the U.S. is absolutely worse than an event like that. They're both awful, but they strike me as mostly the same sort of thing. People with guns mowing down other people indiscriminately. Yeah, it it discounts a bunch of things that it doesn't necessarily follow that they should be discounted. We're talking warlords and warring groups in Africa, and yeah. and in a, like why why they just get a pass. So, and it, it's it's almost like, I mean, really, you should if you're going to do that, then you have to eliminate things like gang violence. You have to eliminate the big three crimes: drug trafficking. Human trafficking, arms trafficking, all of the crime ancillary to that needs to be eliminated to fit. Like we're bending over backwards to make the data say what what Langford wants it to say, which is antithetical to science. But that's what the New York Times and WAPO and the gang want. And everyone else is just, they're souping it up, man. It's freaking nuts. Yeah, it it is incredibly frustrating. And, uh, you know, I just, it's, it goes to show too, it's it's not just in this context. Whenever you see the headlines just kind of uh, assume a talking point in lockstep like this, they all just kind of squawk and repeat the exact same claim of fact. You can you can almost always bet there's like one extremely sketchy source behind it that they all just have lined up to accept. And that's really oh, frustrating. Yeah. It's like, you know, I mean, you're, you're exactly right. It's not um, looking at this information. It's all out there. All right. Like I'm sitting in a, in a, slightly modified bedroom in Montana, okay? If you're at an office in the New York Times, you have more resources than I do, I guarantee. It doesn't mean that you have to be like some data expert, but for the love of God, could we at least <laughs> could we at least look a little bit critically at the points that we're making to establish that they're substantiated? And in cases like this, they just don't. And that's why you have to always be so critical uh, when you see those kind of um, 
those talking points emerge. You know that that uh, there's a reason for that, and it's it's usually not that they're soundly established. In fact, it's some sort of yeah, political that, intent. That that's what we call a red flag, folks. Whether you're a radio listener, podcast listener, if you're here live, you know, you guys are obviously smart people using terms in the chat. That I'll just be honest, I don't know what that is, uh, but um, that's a red flag. Okay, that you we know that there's a propaganda war. And one of the ways to recognize propaganda is this consistent messaging. They've got their cards. They've got their lines. They've got the same pauses in the same spots. Bang your fist here. Cry there. <laughs> deep breath here. And they're saying they're supposed to be competing interests. Okay, The press is supposed to, yeah. the press has constitutional protection because they're supposed to be holding the government, holding the authorities' feet to the fire. And now you see the script has been issued. So when you hear from every press source, Right and left, you'll see it on Fox too. Unfortunately, they're they're parroting the same bullcrap uh, most of the time. But you see it, and it's it's you know what they call wall to wall, wall to wall coverage. Every station, every any time of the day, you can turn it on, and you'll hear whatever that anchor is. They'll say the same things. That is a red flag, and that's what triggers guys like us to go and say, okay, where are they getting this data from? Yeah. And it's. It's really something that more Americans need to wake up to. It reminds me of, uh, uh, I'm sure you've seen the movie V for Vendetta. Uh, where I have. In- it was great. I actually hadn't seen it until a few months ago uh, around oh, Christmas. Wow. Yeah, but I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you feel like you were watching like America 2025? Oh, the parallels were amazing. I mean, some, some of it was like a little kind of... Um, I would say like a little left wing and it's slant, like some of the premises, you know, I suppose that oh, like yeah. the real fascists were like anti, anti-lesbian or anti-gay or something like, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, but as far as the parallels, um, just broadly, regardless of the perspectives of the, the supposed authoritarians. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, it doesn't feel like we're too far off from the sort of fireworks show that happened at the end, you know? One of my favorite parts of the movie is this is, this is what Matt's doing in this video. In, in this video that I want you guys to all watch, become familiar with this. Ted Cruz, had he seen this, he would have handled that reporter much better uh, because facts don't care about your feelings. Hey, it's nonsense that we're the only country that deals with this. We have about 3 4% of gun crime worldwide. So of uh, this mass shooting bullcrap, no, that's not true. Uh, and what, 75% of international shootings, there's no data. It's not reported how many shooters there were. So... Even when you're looking at the methodology, yeah. you you can't hear so you can't come to a true conclusion. We're saying, ah, oh, well, uh, we know this about one out of four shootings, and the rest yeah. shot in the dark. We're just going to omit them completely. Yeah, that's exactly right, and that's another point uh, that I'm glad you brought up. That was um, a, a methodological question about Langford's approach because when he says, "See, all the single shooter shootings are in the U.S., so you've proved my point." Well, yeah, but you're exactly right. The The international data are sketchy. And so in a huge bulk of them, you don't know how many shooters there were. And so again, it's like when you when you make this conclusion that single shooter mass shootings are an American phenomenon, is that actually true as a matter of the data? Or because you're making this distinction based on the count of the shooters, and in most cases, we don't actually know the count of the shooters, are you once again just filtering for higher quality U.S. news that, to the point that you've made, is inherently biased toward U.S. stories. Of course, you're going to get more U.S. examples when U.S. information is much more detailed. And that appears to be what happened in this case. Yeah. 
We've got better reporters in the chat here. Uh, Lady Golden Dragon says, I have a hard time applying, it looks like, uh, Hanlon's razor to Lankford. And I was just like, I don't know what that is. Uh, so uh, that is never attribute to malice that which is adequately explained by stupidity. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I'm going to tuck that away. We're, we have better real-time reporting on the Joe <laughs> Mobley show than on CNN. Uh <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's, it's so hard. I mean, I, I, I share that uh, skepticism. And it's so hard, I think, just in a, a broader political context these days to hold on to that. I agree. I would like to assume good intentions. And I would like to offer good faith to people I disagree with. And I try to do that. However, um, when there are so many... When, when, when the... Uh, when it's repeated so many times. Like, how many repetitions do you get before you get to uh, dismiss Hanlon's razor and say, okay, this is malice. And in the case of Lankford, okay, you know, no, studies are always flawed. There's no such thing as a perfect methodology or a perfect analysis. You make choices and you do the best that you can. And maybe Lankford did that, but it's really hard to say that there's no dishonesty, no malice, number one, when you won't share the data. And then number two, when you do, that you still are as dishonest as to redefine your terms and say that it's so obvious and laugh in the face of your critics, even though your your new terms are not matched by your old terms in your original study. I mean, I don't know how to, I don't know how to say that's anything other than uh, a dishonest approach or a, a malicious actor in the way that she's describing. I can't say that he's just, you know, stupid or mistaken or bad at his job or something. It, it does appear like there were. Um, manipulative efforts that were made to reach a certain outcome. Oh, yeah. Langford did everything that he could to omit um, certain parts of Lot's data, just omit it whole cloth, and then still claim that his data was supreme, uh, his data was better, uh, which is kind of nuts, you know? And you, Well, we're going to exclude everything. It, it, they're, they're saying the quiet part out loud. This is our hypothesis, yeah. Uh, which is something you point out in the video. You know, it's when you get the talking point before the facts, then it's politics driving the data, not not data informing policy. Yeah, um, so, exactly. You know, th these are formulas, and you hear this stuff over and over and over again. Talking point: our democracy, the threat to our democracy. That's something you'll hear on every yeah. network. Hands up, don't shoot. Something you heard on every network. All these things cut one way. It's a leftist narrative cutting against Donald Trump, cutting against constitutional rights, cutting against anyone who doesn't agree with the narrative. Yeah. Well, that's such an important point you brought up too, and I, uh, I'm glad you did, about the politics driving the study. And what's interesting about this whole claim, Obama used to say this toward the end of his term all the time. All I know is this is a problem that doesn't exist anywhere else in the world. And the Washington Post at the time fact-checked it, gave it to Pinocchio's and said, we just don't have data to substantiate this claim that this is a uniquely American problem. So if the president has support for that claim, we're happy to take a look at it. And then, so they can fact check this. That night, Barack Obama calls yeah. James Langford and says, listen, buddy, <laughs> we need a study. And hangs yeah. up the phone and <laughs> bada bing, bada and, boom. And I don't have, obviously, I don't have evidence to say that that happened. You know, I can't show, I can't say for sure it did, but it is notable just the way the timeline lines up. Obama makes a claim, media can't substantiate it. And shortly thereafter, you have this study emerge. And all of a sudden, what was a questionable or incomplete or unsubstantiated statement by the president 
is commonly accepted truth within a matter of just a couple of years. And it's interesting, what does make it a little more likely than not, I mean, there's more evidence to support the claim that Obama called Langford than Langford's date is good. Because if you remember, WAPO asked several times, and most people, they want their studies. Most people are hitting up the Washington Post to publicize their studies um, and to give them credence. They... They didn't answer the phone at all. Langford completely, you know, boxed out the Washington Post and instead gave the data with those weird exclusivity clauses to the New York Times, uh, I, I which think is in, exceedingly in, odd. I think in fairness to him, I, I, if I recall correctly, he did give his data to one Washington Post reporter under the condition they not share it. Mm. So it was a similar situation. I don't think they published anything in the way the New York Times did. But to your, I mean, to the broader point that you're making, the data was shared only with friendly media outlets with the intent that they, that they uh, forward a particular narrative with it, not that they share the raw information. And what was interesting is Lot tried to go to that Washington Post reporter and say, hey, I heard that you got the data. Can I have it from you? And that Washington Post reporter said, nah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's the ownership rights are, are Langford's. And so I can't give you that, but you should, you could go to him and ask. And uh, Langford still said no. And so, that ties us back to the V yeah. for Vendetta point where my, one of my favorite scenes of the movie is um, it's going down at the news station. Um, yeah. He, he breaks into the news station and the, one of the anchors, reporters, whatever, um, he realizes, Hey, this is big and we need to get control of the narrative. So he grabs the camera and they make the fake V dying scene but yeah. you can kind of see it. And as an American watching and living through uh, things like the 2020 election, living through lockdowns, living through this media onslaught of parroting messaging from whoever is writing the script and handing it down to them, it was kind of like watching it because we're kind of thinking, well, how can it be that all of these disparate networks are saying the same thing and have the same unverified sources? But then like watching them craft the news in V for Vendetta, it's it's yeah. almost, it, it it seems familiar the first time you see it. And it's because Americans, we are living in that, minus the violence and the bio. Oh, well, maybe not minus the bioterror. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> and see, this is why we get kicked off YouTube. Uh, so um, if you're watching well, on YouTube and, and we're leaving right now because they're taking us down, you got to go to Rumble. You got to go to Getter and um, uh, watch there. Uh, so Matt, Matt's a busy man. Um, you, you got about a minute left and you're probably uh, going to get back to the grindstone of making your own content. Sure. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, what, what do you want to leave the audience with? Well, uh, just thanks for having me. And I hope, uh, I hope everybody takes a chance to look at that information and, you know, think critically about some headlines that they see. And you know, that's the frustrating thing too. It's like uh, you want everybody to look at this stuff critically, but it's not, for most people, it's not easy to do. You can't, Nobody has a few people who are working, you know, an honest day's job are going to go home and sit down and look at a couple detailed studies for a few hours to try to separate what's true and to have the supposed the people who are supposed to be doing that job to inform them um, decide to propagandize rather than than actually take that that task seriously. It's really frustrating. So um, I just uh, I appreciate everyone listening. And um, again, if you're interested in uh, my material, you can find it over at mattchristiansenmedia.com. 
again, Christian like the religion S E N mattchristiansonmedia.com. There's short form content there, long form content and uh, making new stuff multiple times a week. So and uh, how often is your live show? Is it every, is it Monday through I do Friday? A lot, I do a no, just uh, one Sunday night show for uh, a couple hours live on Sunday night um, when we're usually going through the news uh, and, um, and occasionally we have guests as well. And then uh, Wednesday night, I do a stream as well that is just a call-in show. So that is just like a, Hit it and go talk to the audience. No prep, just have fun, and you know you never know what you're going to get. Some really interesting Very calls, interesting conversations, some totally off the wall calls. The, if you're well, checking last, out my material, I would say, good with the would you rather have a racist? Was it something like a racist Christian or a communist or something? Uh, yeah, it was like interesting. Yeah, there was like a discussion about the racial identity of, of a communist. I can't even remember. Um, but yeah, the if you're I was, checking out I was my material for blonde, the- I was impossibly frustrated with that. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. If you're uh, if you're interested in checking out my material, um, I would recommend against the Wednesday night stream as the entry. <laughs> not not as it's just you never know what you're going to get, you know. And I, I I love doing it. It's fun to to interact with the audience. We have so many great and loyal listeners, and I appreciate that so much. Um, and that's kind of the fun of that show. Is like, all right, let's talk about some off the wall stuff. You know, uh, it's just. Um, well, if you want researched and prepared, which is what we've been discussing in this segment, that's not where you go to get that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Matt Christensen of the Matt Christensen show and channel on YouTube. Thanks so much for joining us, man. I appreciate everything that you do. And, and I learned a lot about content creation from this guy. So hopefully, uh, Hmm. hopefully my videos don't suck because uh, I just don't (laughs) suck. I don't know. That's how logic works. Maybe (laughs) I, I appreciate the kind words, man. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Well, take it easy, Matt. Guys, we are going to take a quick break and then we'll be right back into the Joe Mobley show. Fear of out of control inflation is hammering the stock market. The S&P 500 is having its worst start of the year since World War II. So not only are your savings worth less, you now have less of it. Now might be a good time for you to diversify into gold the most stable asset in the history of the world. And Birch Gold Group is the company I trust to help you convert an IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold and silver. That's right. Not only will Birch Gold help you fortify your savings with precious metals, they'll help you do it in a tax-sheltered account. Text Mobley to 989898 to get a free zero-obligation info kit on holding gold in a tax-sheltered account. Something you might not know about me is I have sleep apnea. Sleep is obviously an important part of my life. It should be an important part of yours as well. That's why MyPillow was an obvious choice to partner with the show. I'm sure you've already heard of MyPillow. Heck, you might even have some of these awesome pillows in your home, but I bet you didn't know they sold more. Much, much more, in fact. MyPillow has sheets, towels, travel pillows, slippers, things that you need to see to believe. Right now, you can get their moccasin or slip-on my pillow slippers, normally $139.98 for just $49. You've got to use my promo code Mobley or go to MyPillow.com slash Mobley to see all the deals you get with my promo code Mobley, including buy one, get one free Giza Dream Sheets, six-piece MyPillow towel sets, 
MyPillow pillows, bathrobes, and much more. Guys, the sale on slippers is ending soon. Order yours today. Do it right now. Go to MyPillow.com slash Mobley or type in promo code Mobley anywhere on the website. Mobley is spelled M-O-B-L-E-Y. Go to www.MyPillow.com today. If you're listening to this show, I can guess a few things about you. You probably don't trust the government. You trust the liberal media even less. And maybe, just maybe, you're an uncloseted conservative. Well, the time for sitting in silence is over. It wasn't working anyway. It's time to come out of the conservative closet. And there's no better way than with my uncloseted conservative gear available exclusively at my website, thejoemobleyshow.com. These hoodies, shirts, mugs, and more are the funniest products you'll find anywhere, like my Joe Biden one-star would not recommend t-shirt or my AR-15 identifies as a stick. We've got the absolute best Let's Go Brandon gear on the market and my trademark uncloseted conservative design. You've got to see it to believe these premium products are made of the absolute softest cotton you'll find. You won't want to take them off. Premium prints on premium products from a premium brand. Use promo code FREEDOM for 10% off your entire order. Do it now. Go to thejoemobleyshow.com, load up the cart, and use promo code FREEDOM. Mobley is spelled M-O-B-L-E-Y. Go to thejoemobleyshow.com today. Welcome back to The Joe Mobley Show, guys. Thank you so much for watching the show. Let me catch up on some of these uh, chats. I think we already read that one. Uh, Profiling with Pat Brown. Pat, oh man, it's so good to see you. I haven't spoken with you in, in too long. I've got to have you and I got to talk with you and Dave uh, here soon. Um, friends help you move. Good friends help you move bodies. <laughs> Best friends help you make them. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, another uh, just awesome, um, uncancelable uh, content creator. Um, you need to follow her channel. Uh, Pat Brown, she's a criminologist. She's just a freaking hoot, uh, actually. She wrote the book. It's it's over there. It's too far to get, but it's uh, Black and White, How the Left... It's called Black and White. I believe the subtitle is How the Left is Destroying... Uh, the Dreams of Martin Luther King Jr. and the Founding Fathers. Uh, great book by her and her son, uh, Pat and Dave Brown. Uh, I read this one already. Thanks so much, um, <clears throat> Lady Golden Dragon. Uh, Pat, again, the media makes a fortune off of giving infamy to mass murderers. Couldn't agree more. Uh, and they refuse to address the issue because it cuts into their profits. 100% true. I don't know what profits they're having now with, I mean, literally, citizen journalism is all of the ratings right now. CNN down into the tubes. Uh, Fox down to the tubes, MSNBC, I, I guess, that were they even out of the tube at some point? CBS, ABC, on and on and on the list goes. These The, the mainstream media outlets, it, it's almost fake news to call them mainstream anymore um, because uh, digital creators like me, like Pat, like Matt, um, digital creators are increasing in popularity, but more people are actually going to do their independent fact-checking to see what's actually happening, to see 
you know, not just the narrative, the V for Vendetta style narrative that mainstream media is trying to push. They come to us to see what's really going on. They go to things like, uh, there's, there's my dog Mozart. So shout out to Mozart Mobley. He's not locked up. I guess he's in the, the reading room over here. Um, but they come to sources like us to learn what's actually going on. You know, what, what's actually happening that we're not hearing about. Uh, Pat goes on. Pat goes on. They won't stand down. So you know that they care not at all. 100% agree. Goes to show two people can commit a mass murder. Yeah. How can... So So James Langford, uh, James, Adam Langford, apologize. I think I called him James Langford earlier. That's someone else. Adam Langford is a criminologist, okay? And criminologist, I'm not a criminologist. I worked in law enforcement for just a handful of years. I was in the military for 11 years. I, I know a lot about... I know a lot about uh, violence, unfortunately, from my time on the Human Trafficking Task Force. But it is insane to discount multiple shooters, you know. And and by his own definition, Lankford says that we need to discount Columbine, but he included it in the data in the study, included the Columbine, you know, massacre, which which was what set this uh, school shooting narrative kind of into motion. There were school shootings prior to Columbine, but, you know, just like the 1619 Project is just another bastardization of history uh, where they're saying this thing began in, in Colorado and it only exists in the United States. You, you have to discount that more than two people can commit mass murder. I mean, Matt talked about uh, in India, 10, 11, 12 terrorists committing mass murder. It doesn't matter that they're that they're terrorists, it also flies in the face, this logic, logic in air quotes, it flies in the face of the reality, or of the false reality that they're trying to say about Donald Trump, about, about me, about anyone who was there on January 6th, that we conspired, we conspired to commit violence. And uh, what do they say now? I think they say that uh, we were there to assassinate Mike Pence. That's not true. Mike Pence is a friend. I, I, I'm, I'm one of the only people on social media that defends or still follows and retweets and and engages with Mike Pence. Not one of the only people. There, there are tens of thousands of people. I realize that. But which, which is it? Is conspiracy a thing? Because they also discredit us if we claim that anything was conspiracy. Conspiring used to be one of the most popular crimes, and then they passed these furtherance of the act laws like we have here in Virginia. So it can't be a conspiracy to commit murder. You know, now they wait until there's an exchange of money. Now they they pose the, the fake dead bodies and do all that stuff because they've written this furtherance of the act kind of into the law. I think that was a mistake. And I know they're trying to mitigate against, they're trying to mitigate against uh, entrapment. They, they always say, whenever the media says loophole, they're about to tell you some BS, but they, they say like these crime loopholes. I believe that the push to get furtherance of the act, laws, policies, you know, widespread across the US, you know, C2C border to border is to make conspiring lesser of a crime, you know? But if, if Pat and I, if Pat and I want to knock off a bank, we got to do some things, you know? She's in Maryland, I'm in Virginia. So one, we, we got to say, hey, 
we got to set up a time to meet. We got to talk about this. What bank are we going to rob? When? What day? How are we going to get there? Who's going to drive? Who's going to do crowd control? Who's going to get the money? Who's going to go? We have to do all that. All of that stuff, friends, is called conspiring. That's conspiring. Uh, they're, they're trying this assault against the idea that things can be done in secret when it's done on the left. Everything on the right to conspiracy. You know, Donald Trump holds a glass of water, strange, and that's some kind of conspiracy. Uh, the election thing's a conspiracy. COVID's a conspiracy. Grass, you know, moon landing, on and on and on and on and on it goes. 9-11, tons of conspiracy theories about that uh, online you know, architects and engineers for 9-11 Truth. Very interesting YouTube videos to watch. But I digress. You know, it used to be everyone knew that large groups of people, especially the government, uh, could conspire, could do things in secret. And I always remind people of this. Uh, when we say, hey, the reality is you have no idea what the government's doing. You have no idea what the social elite, the political elite, whoever the real elite is, you know, those unnamed, unfaced people that no one knows about, who, whoever that is, these real globalists. You know, and it's not, I, I hate to be the one to say this, it's probably not Bill Gates and Jeff Bezos and, and these types because we know their names. We know their faces. We know where they live. These people are, you know, the kind of like the, the shadow terriot, you know, like the, the shadow oligarchs that no one... Uh, knows about, no one knows their names, no one, you know, that that money that's not seen, it's just the influence is felt. These groups can conspire. I always remind people of this. 1930s and 40s, uh, the United States government, the Manhattan Project, tons about the Manhattan Project, uh, declassified now. But at the time, over a hundred, I think it's 200,000, but I can't recall right now live at the moment. So I'm going to go with the lower number. Over a hundred thousand Americans worked on the Manhattan Project. They spent $2 billion. That times money. It's a lot. And not even adjusting for Biden inflation. They spent that kind of money. They had zero leaks. No one heard whisper of the Manhattan Project until after the bombs dropped. So don't tell me that the government can't keep a secret. Don't tell me that it's impossible because of cell phones and because of media. If you believe that, you are what I call an idiot. You're not uninformed. You're not ill-informed. You are intentionally being stupid, okay? What do you think these clandestine services do? What do you think the 100 the 200 the $300 billion black budgets are for? I mean... Think about this. The CIA as an agency is an intelligence agency. You know, other countries consider them a foreign intelligence adversary, maybe ally, who the heck knows. But even in the agency, the agency has its kind of public facing with all the rainbow flags and the blah, 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 all that stuff. But the agency inside itself has clandestine operations, like a whole big division. It's like a secret office in a secret agency, but you're still, you're still not connecting the dots that Conspiring is the thing. You know, election tampering is impossible. I'm so sorry to tell you this, but we have employees of the United States government that their job, their clandestine job, is to tamper in elections in foreign countries. 
what just happened? I hit the space bar. Oh, I didn't mean it. Guys, we're discovering things together. I hit the space bar. It pulls up the last comment. I'm here. No, wait, that's not the last comment. Oh, it's the last one that I showed. Boston Bomber doesn't count. One, two people, and they didn't use guns. You know, bombs, people making homemade bombs, that doesn't count. Come on, Pat. What do you know? Right-wing criminologist. Uh, there, there is no cut. If you're reading these comments, there are no, there's no cut. Pat and I did not rob a bank. The Fed boys are already booting up and coming to my door uh, because of that comment alone. Uh, but let's get this, let's get this shared. Yeah, guys, if you don't, <laughs> oh man, there's, there's just so much share tab audio. If you don't know that the government can and does keep a secret, then whew, you are, you, there's just so much that you need to be uh, made aware of. So Benny Johnson uh, tweeted this out. Come on, screen share. There we go. Benny Johnson tweeted this out. Uh, Joy Behar. Why, why is her name Joy? Like, why... Why has this cosmic joke been played on all of us? I, I guess A-hole Behar would have been, you know, too on the nose, uh, joyless, any of those things. Once black people get guns in this country, the gun laws will change. Trust me. That that's what she says here. Let's check out the most clip. AR-15 owners are former military. Okay. Thirty-five. Let me say one more. So that's all I'm saying. Okay. Is that they're yeah. not once, crazy once, okay. Here's the thing: once black people get guns in this country, the gun laws will change. Trust me. <laughs> that's what happened. Most AR-15 owners are former military. Wow. All right. Well, I I guess uh, I guess Joy knows something that we don't. I guess we're the ones that are misinformed. Black people don't have guns. Don't like guns. Once black people get guns, then Everything about what's going on here will change. Um, hmm. Well, that's interesting. I, again, I just hate that the woman's name is Joy. I really do. Uh, but let's, uh, you know, multi-million dollar budget, no budget. Famous stars, Matt Christensen and Pat Brown. I guess we're, we're all famous uh, for each other. Uh, but let's, uh, okay, so black people don't really have guns. Let's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm one of the black people that can use the internet. So let's, uh, um, let's see. Uh, well, well, shoot, guys, according to this Pew study from 2017, 32% of black households own a gun. How... Uh, how can this be? I, I don't know if you notice. Why is my shot so tight? I am going to... Um, so we're going to have a weird experience together, and I'm going to just fix my my camera live here because somehow it's gotten it's gotten off the mark. Do-do-do-do-do. And, uh, well, you know, now you can see. Uh, now you can clearly see uh, that she's full of it. I am a black person. This is a black household, and these black things are are firearms. It it turns out well, they're they're not. If you read my shirt, they identify as sticks. Um, but but this is my stick collection, uh, according to not just according to me, but according to 
to Pew. Research Center, 34% of black households, which is interesting because if you guys remember, uh, I'm sorry, 34%, 32% of black households own a firearm. If you guys remember in during the summer of love where there was the, you know, the several hundred, several thousand percent rise in crime, several hundred percent rise in murder and rape and, and other violent crimes um, in, in the summer of love when uh, very arguably left-wing terrorists, very argu- arguably black nationalists uh, took over sovereign territory inside the United States. If you remember back to then, um, you you would call 911 and they would say, hey, we're, uh, you know, all throughout 2020, all throughout that summer of love, that year of love, really, they would say, um, we're not coming. Uh, yeah, we know your whole life you've been you've been kind of trained. There, are the, there's a little song, and there are the little stickers, and it says so on our vehicles. You know, if there's an emergency, call nine one one. If you need help, call nine one one. Well, all throughout 2020, uh, you would get do do do. We're sorry, the number you have dialed doesn't give a crap. You're on your own. So something strange happened. People bought guns like freaking crazy. Do you know what the largest demographic of people during the summer of love who bought firearms were? Black women. So literally, Joy Behar is sitting there talking to a black woman spewing nonsense. And obviously, this left-wing lunatic probably does not own firearms. She, you know, probably says all the leftist talking points. But literally, a member of the largest demographic of people in the last two years to go out and become first-time firearm owners to register for and take concealed handgun permit classes, okay? When not an infringement, we're, we're supposed to believe that shall not be infringed means that background checks are not an infringement and waiting periods, cool-off periods, red flag laws, uh, the National Firearms Act and all that nonsense because silencers make guns more deadly. They don't even silence guns. They're suppressors. They... they conserve your hearing in case you need to pop off around in a small room. Say like someone breaks into your house and you have to go into your children's room and get into a bathroom or a closet, you know, a small room protecting your your precious family. Uh, They don't want all of you to lose your hearing all at once. That's what a suppressor does. Uh, But so none of these things are are infringements. They're just common sense gun laws. Uh, So common sense, in fact, that Criminals don't follow them. They ignore them completely. Uh, so Joy joy is batting a 1,000. That same study found that white household gun ownership is 49%. This just, this just speaks to the prevalence of firearms in the United States. Again, 400 million firearms in the United States, about about 398 uh, million of those are privately owned. These do not belong to the government, not police firearms, not uh, federal or military firearms, okay? Huge, huge problem. Huge problem for the leftist agenda. But don't worry, guys. They are not after our firearms. Well, yes, we're going to take your AR-15. I, I don't know what that was. Just just ignore the man in the little box. 
they're they're not after our firearms. Um, you know, black people don't like to protect themselves or or have firearms. Thirty two percent of uh, just, just everything that I just said is not true. Okay, this is my audition tape for CNN. Seeing if I can take Don Lemon's job, maybe I can like. If I make myself look gayer, because I'm already a disabled vet and black and from the inner city, so I've got all those intersectionality oppressive points, but maybe if I make myself look gayer, I don't even know how to do that. Um, but uh, may, can I take Jeffrey Tubin's spot? I mean, rich middle-aged white guy, really, CNN? Uh, so that would be, hell would freeze over that day when, uh, when CNN uh, allowed me through uh, through the door. So gun violence, the left, the left, they, they are against gun violence. They're so against gun violence, no matter who does it. They always speak out. They always speak. Well, okay. I take that back. I know that the president of the United States didn't address at all in the smallest way, not even a cursory mention, a posted note, nothing on the Chiron, nothing about a, a psycho uh, trying to kill a United States Supreme Court justice, you know, yesterday. Uh, not, not a mention of that. Uh, but fear not, everyone's second favorite uh, press secretary because you know Jen Jen Psaki, you know, she's she's hard to follow. Um, but the White House did respond after a man allegedly tried to kill Supreme Court, uh, the Supreme Court's uh, Kavanaugh. Tried killing Supreme Court's Kavanaugh. I can't read. I'm sorry, guys. I'm black. What do you expect? Um, all right. So here we go. Uh, the president condemns the actions of this individual in the strongest terms. Strongest. Probably whispered it. And is grateful to law enforcement for quickly taking him into custody. Hey, guys. Law enforcement, are you're the good guys again. Woo! Yay! Law enforcement's the good guys again to uh, to the left for uh, uh, no, they probably just killed a violent criminal in Chicago. So uh, you got you guys are racist bastards again. Uh, White House press secretary. Now here, let's be honest, and I still I want to I want to make this video because I, I I gotta believe that most most of these super woke super progressive. Uh, uh, liberals out here in Loudoun where I live, I got to believe that they have no idea what this woman's name is, Corinne Jean-Pierre. I got to believe that. I'm sure they know that she's a woman, that she's black, and that she's a lesbian. And that's all. Uh, as the president has consistently made clear, here, let's get that one. As the president has consistently made clear, public officials, including judges, must be able to do their jobs without concern for their personal safety or that of their families. And any threats of violence or attempts to intimidate justices have no place in our society. Guys, I'm confused. Who are we supposed to believe? Bumble and Biden? Corinne Jean-Pierre? Who are we supposed to believe? Because Maxine Waters is saying, if you see these people, then you get out, you stop them, you form a crowd, you get in their face, you push back on them, and you let them know that they are no longer welcome. Which is it? Joe's saying no. Joe's saying that, that this type of thing is it. I'm, I'm also confused 
was was it this guy's fault? I thought the guns committed the crimes. I can tell you this. There's a 0% chance that this man had an AR-15 walking around uh, the streets of D.C. 0% chance of that. I don't know if you know, you you go walk around where like the Supreme Court building is or over by the Capitol, you know, I'm talking like C, D, E, and F, like right over there. <sighs> Law enforcement, like you wouldn't believe, uniform, ununiform, they, they got undercovers, you know, walking around like paper boy, walking the dog. They got guys in suits. They got guys in, in shorts and T-shirts. They got people on route like it is. This guy was not walking around with an AR-15. He was walking around with a full-eye, semi-automatic pistol. Just like these. Probably need to get rid of them all. I mean, if it could happen to Kavanaugh, it could happen to anyone. And, and we don't have... I don't have U.S. Marshals posted outside of my house. You know, the interesting thing is... They're, they're pointing out that really, like, no one is safe, but they still don't want you to have firearms. It doesn't make any freaking sense. Doesn't make any sense at all. All right. And one, there is one last study that I wanted to show you guys. Uh, black gun ownership has gone through the roof, like I was telling you guys. Uh, but, you know, lest I be like the media that I'm complaining about, I'm, I'm actually going to uh, share the sources with you so you can see it with your own eyes and, and so you can uh, look it up. In the wake of, you know, Floyd Taylor, Aubrey Castile, um, you, you would think that Black people would be more afraid of guns, or uh, you you would think that black people would be calling for more common sense uh, gun laws and uh, common sense gun legislation. Uh, no, no, black gun ownership has risen 58.2%, uh, the Hill finds, um, with this poll. Thirty-seven percent Democrat uh, for the political party. That's interesting. Uh, fifth of people polled, twenty-three percent independent. You know, because the next thing that follows is, oh, they just asked a bunch of a bunch of race confused uh, black white supremacists, a bunch of a bunch of MAGA hat wearing black people like Joe Mobley. Uh, they just asked a bunch of Larry Elders. Uh, mm, They just asked a bunch of, uh, you know, backwoods, rural, suburban outskirts, you know, hill country people. Uh, nope. 31% urban participants. Interesting. Very interesting. There's the Hill's article. It's called Gun Ownership Among Black Americans is Soaring by Christian Spencer, April 5, 2021. Hmm. I, I wonder why. I wonder... Uh, <laughs> I hope my audio stays. My wife just turned on her car. It, it said driving mode on. So 
Uh, hopefully my audio doesn't get like ripped out to the car. Let's see here. Da, 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 da. No, I am not driving. Yeah, I thought my phone did this. I was not aware that my MacBook did this. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so uh, interesting. Interesting. All right, so we are just over an hour. Guys, that is the show that I have for you today. Let me get back in here and and read. Uh, let me get back in here and read the chats. Uh, she wasn't bright when I used to do her show, but she's gotten even stupider. Uh, yes, I I completely agree. You know, back in the day, Pat used to be allowed, you know, she was a respected member of the media community as a criminal profiler. Um, or I don't know, criminal is a, I don't think a criminal profiler and a criminologist are the same, but as a respected professional that knew uh, what she was talking about until she had some of the, the wrong, the unauthorized opinions and uh, uh, really, really good story. Um, we, we talked about that in our interview about her uh, <laughs> Pat's experience with Nextdoor, um, which is still just an unbelievable story. But uh, 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 no one cares about racism enacted against white people, which is actually the definition of equity insofar as policy goes. Uh, the only way to get Equity in policy is via racism against white people. I know, I know. Uh, guys, I can't put these on the screen because Rumble, you guys don't have a StreamYard integration yet. Uh, but JShort88, JShort, love you, man. You're always uh, in the chat. Appreciate you. Uh, Congress must defund the DOJ and send all of this back to the states. The DOJ is weaponized. And we are in dark times. What Jay Short said, I mean, the Department of Injustice, whew, I mean, once upon a time, I've, I've shared this with you guys, uh, you know, several times. But the arc of my life and my relationship with these institutions has been one upset after another. Um, you know, I, I always wanted to do four jobs, and two of them don't really matter. But uh, one of them was law enforcement, one of them was military, and I I, I checked those bullets. Um, but it was just one heartbreak after another. You know, I I the the first was military. I joined the National Guard first. I was in college. You know, doing something that anyone can do doesn't need to have handed to them. Uh, you know, any seventeen year old can join the National Guard, the reserves serve the country to pay for school who don't need the government handouts. It's something that anyone, black, white, Asian, whatever, Hispanic, you you can do that. Um, there's a reason that they call it the Nasty Guard. It, it was, uh, you know, it, it was my first military experience, but whatever. I graduate from uh, college and then I become uh, deputized uh, there in, in Campbell County um, as a jail officer with uh, what what is now Blue Ridge Regional Jail Authority, um, and you you go to the law enforcement academy and interact with all of these people, and you know it's kind of heartbreaking because you think, oh, law enforcement, you know, everyone wants to swear this oath and have a gun and a badge and and be inserted into dangerous situations. Uh, this is someone who wants to protect people, preserve rights. This is someone who loves America, who obviously loves the Constitution, but at least read the Constitution because they're gonna—they're about to swear an oath to support, uphold, defend, you know, yada yada yada. 
Uh, but you find out that that's not the case. Um, you find out these individuals that have um, sworn an oath to the Constitution. You find out these individuals that have a wide-ranging authority over people. Um, you know, uh, MIMS versus Pennsylvania, the authority to control the movement of occupants in a vehicle. This is why an officer can ask you to get out of your your car, Miranda v. Arizona, like all of, all of these like wide sweeping um, powers over someone, you, you would think that they would have a vested interest in knowing the rights of the individual, preserving and protecting those rights. They don't. They have a vested interest in manipulating you out of your rights. I remember I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the academy. Now, I won't say the name of the academy because I'll tell you, I had a wonderful time there. Um, I had instructors that were were some of the best. You know, we had story time with Katie. I won't say her last name. Uh, Katie, I am still waiting for your book, Bullet on the Mantle, to come out because uh, you you owe me a, uh, you know, I, I pre-ordered a book that's, that's likely not even written yet. Um, but, you know, DOJ being weaponized. So I'm, I'm sitting in this class and you're learning from seasoned law enforcement officers from um, from FTOs, from detectives, we had narco detectives, we would just, you know, all of this institutional knowledge. Uh, well, one of the issues with the constitutionality, you know, that pesky Fourth Amendment, one of the issues is when you are searching for something, you can only look where, you can only look where that item might reasonably be found. Um, oh, no, there we go. There's one right there. I, I knew I had a, I knew I had a, uh, pull it somewhere. So you can only look where the item might reasonably be found. So you can't look um, in someone's sock for an AR-15. Um, you can't look in someone's pocket uh, for an AK-47, something like that. But one of the things that you can do is you reduce things down to the smallest. So you say, oh, the bullet, the bullet is the bad thing. This could be anywhere. This gives me carte blanche to search anywhere. Um, so one of the ways that you write warrants is you try and make them broad. Now, warrants, the whole idea is they're supposed to be specific. Like I'm looking for a specific thing and I'm not doing an exploratory surgery on someone's life to just see if I can find anything. That's called throwing you know, spaghetti at the wall and seeing what will stick. That has become the modus operandi of modern American law enforcement completely antithetical to the Constitution, completely antithetical to, to supporting, upholding, you know, preserving and protecting people's rights, not even acknowledging people's rights. Another thing that they taught, um, which I challenge, I, I posed a direct challenge to this uh, in the class, and I'll, I'll tell you what the instructor told me. Um, this is... Uh, this is some of the verbal judo. This is some of the getting people to do. This is why cops will tell you, attorneys and cops tell you, you never consent to a search. Nope. You don't answer questions. You get informed why you're being pulled over, why you're being stopped. You ask if you are detained or if you're free to leave. That cops and lawyers exclusively tell you this. This is why, because we've gone through this training and we've heard it from the horse's mouth and gone, this is shady AF. The goal, the name of the game is to get consent, to get, to be able to search, to be able to 
uh, put yourself as a representative of the government as far and as deep into this person's life, business, property, etc., as you can while you have them. And that that's the goal, the objective. But the method, the tactic is to do it um, kind of casually, uh, using a superior knowledge of the law to manipulate you out of these things. Uh, so here's the thing. Hey, do you know why I put you over? I mean, you know, we're talking, maybe I make some comments about, uh, you know, stickers that I see on the car. Maybe we bust each other's chops about rival football teams or schools, alma maters, anything, anything that I can observe about the vehicle to keep it casual. So we're laughing. We're having a good time on the side of the road. Hey, look, you don't have any dead bodies in the trunk, do you? Which is absurd, you know? It's kind of absurd. Uh, of course not. Do you mind if I look? Now, we're we're having a good time, and I just kind of, we're laughing, we're joking, ha, ha, ha. And I just kind of casually asked if I can search your property. And it's kind of an argument from absurdity. Would you mind if I look? I know you don't have a dead body in the trunk. The officer knows you don't have a dead body in the trunk. They just want more access. Trunk turns into main cabin. And then they're checking gas tanks and they're checking in the engine compartment and everywhere else there, they, you know, um, well, hey, you know, um, just for my safety and yours, uh, do you mind sitting in the front seat of my vehicle? Not in the back seat like a criminal, in the front seat, you know? Oh, oh that's kind of cool. Um, I'm going to have to do a quick pat down. This is not a search, just a pat down for weapons. I can't place you in the car. You, you get to sit in the cool front seat of the cruiser and see all the bells and whistles. Yeah. Uh, well, now it's turned into, now you've been frisked. You're sitting in a cruiser. Your vehicle's being searched. You don't even have the ability to observe the search. Here's the thing. Separating, separating uh, subject from search property. Do you feel like you can withdraw consent at any time? Do you feel like you can get out of the cop car you've been placed in? Are you detained? Are you free? It, it's manipulation. It's psychological manipulation. It's using a superior knowledge of the law and the way that these things work uh, to manipulate you out of your rights. Hey, man, we're, we're having a good time. We're talking. We're, we're outside at the beach or at the Memorial Day parade, whatever. And we've been busting each other's chops. Um, hey, man, you don't have any bazookas on you, do you? And you're laughing. Of course not. You mind if I check? How did it go from me busting your balls about New England and I'm a Giants fan and we're talking about where we went to high school or how uh, how the military's a bunch of pansies and back in my day, how did we go from that to you're searching my vehicle, your hands are in my pockets, my my palms are up against the wall, and now I'm now I'm being patted down for weapons? No, 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 no. I said, hey, um, this sounds like some serious like Fourth Amendment violations. Uh, and they're, well, that's all for officer safety. The thing is, um, you became the law enforcement officer. The public does not have an inherent interest in your safety. Uh, just like I don't have an inherent interest and in, obligatory interest in my neighbor's safety. I do because I'm a good person. And even though I'm surrounded by all of these radical liberals, uh, something goes boom in the night and I hear... Uh, shots and screaming from the homes around me, I get there before police get there. 
uh, and any lives that are going to be saved because I'm going there and I'm going to commit uh, violence against a bad actor as, as one does. Well, not a Uvalde police officer, but, you know, as one does. How did we go from that type of relationship to, uh, with, with that law enforcement officer, that type of encounter to now my car is being searched, my home's being searched, I'm, I'm sitting in the front of the car, on the car, whatever, on the curb, whatever. It's this casual talk manipulation thing. No, you don't consent to searches. You know, you, you deal with the business. You deal with the lawful business of the stop, the infraction, all of the extra stuff. Nope. You're not answering questions. They don't really need to know where you're going or coming from. You know, if you're speeding, you're speeding. If you ran a red light, you ran a red light. Uh, where you're coming from or going to has nothing to do with the infraction of you ran a red light. Does it say on the ticket? While they were traveling from home back to work, they ran a red light. No. No, it says a date, a time, and a place, and an infraction. I was told when I was older, when I had more experience that I would feel differently. Wait until you've done the job more, you'll feel differently. And I told that, keep in mind, I was the president of my class. I told that instructor before God and all men in that class, and there were a lot of women too. No, I will never feel differently about constitutional rights, about the Fourth Amendment, or about psychologically manipulative behavior. He had no rebuttal. He just said his thing in a statement of fact. Well, I've done it longer. I know. So when you X, Y, and Z, then ABC. No, bull crap. Law enforcement was, was the first initial heartbreak because you realize that these individuals have not read the Constitution. They are not students of history. Um, they do not take seriously the fact that all mass murder, genocide, you know, human rights violations have always been committed at the hand, have always been committed by government at the hands of law enforcement or militaries. They don't take that reality seriously at all. They don't have any moral courage. They don't understand that if you are going to be one of those oath bearers, if you are going to have the badge and the gun, it comes with a tremendous responsibility to stand up to the authorities of man, stand up to the police chief, to the mayor, to the governor, to stand up to the supervisor, the watch commander, to stand up to those people that are going to ask you to do the wrong thing, that are going to make it the standard operating procedures. Dan Bongino, when he left the NYPD and joined the Secret Service, found out that the Secret Service had, at the time, a thing that they called protest zones. And he thought it was a joke. He said, well, he said, what the hell is this? And they said, oh, it's, it's where we uh, tell the protesters that they have to be. And he laughed and thought it was kind of funny because these are all federal agents that go to a federal law enforcement academy uh, with some of the best and brightest constitutional scholars in law enforcement application, right? Um, he says, uh, we can't do that. It's obviously illegal. You cannot segregate people. You cannot discriminate against people on the basis of constitutionally protected behavior, constitutionally protected activities, freedom of expression to gather, petition. This is, this is, this is the craziest First Amendment violation that I've ever seen. Um, 
I don't know if it's directly because of Dan Bongino, uh, but you might notice that the Secret Service, the United States Secret Service, those those flyboys in the black suits, no longer have protest zones. Turns out you can exercise your First Amendment rights wherever you are. Now, that doesn't mean that you can step out in front of a motorcade. Uh, you will be tackled like that uh, crazy woman. And you know what? I'm... <laughs> I'm actually going to bring that up because this guy, I wonder if he's commented back. Notifications, mentions. Whoa, that's some language, my guy. I can't put that on there. Uh, no context. Oh, no, not that one. Ah, oh, where is it? Where is it? I had a guy. I had a guy on Getter show me. Uh, he tagged me in a thing. And it said, um, you know, something like, we just need a good guy with the gun. And it was a Secret Service member tackling this crazy woman and putting her, placing her under arrest because she was stepping out into Biden's motorcade with a, uh, a megaphone. Now, it's unclear if she just knew that he was in, you know, uh, it's unclear if she was just trying to speak loud because she knows that he has cognitive decline and isn't all there and is very old and, uh, probably needs help, uh, you know, vision, hearing, focusing, all that stuff. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it was on Twitter. Maybe it was a Twitter quip. Good guy with a gun. Uh, what was the point of the post? Da, 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 da. Yes. Oh, it was. <laughs> oh, man, Stu, it was you. Oh, it was Stu Mac. I gotta, I gotta share the sound on this. Uh, I gotta share the sound on this one because we, you guys, gotta experience it in all of its glory. All right, Streamyard, you've got to get it together. I've got to be able to share the screen and share the sound from all of the tabs because right now I can still only share the sound from one tab at a time. I have to download all of the videos and load the videos up. As as like artifacts, as as resources for the stream. Um, come on, Streamyard. I, I'm doing the best that I can to stick with you, Streamyard. You you released the Stream Deck integration capabilities just in the nick of time because me and and my my two partners we had met that week and decided that we were cutting Streamyard. So I'm rolling with you guys the best that I can. I like Streamyard. It lets me do all kinds of cool stuff. You know, play these you know, sound effects uh, and and stuff like that. But uh, we got to get this sound sharing thing sorted out, guys. Got to do it. All right. So because right now, again, I can only share one tab at a time. And then uh, uh, so let's see. Oh, yeah, it's because I, I posted there. There's this video of the guy in Germany driving through, you know. And I hate to just say psycho because we're trying to give everyone these mental health passes these days. Uh, maybe not a psycho, very likely not a psycho. Uh, um, being a psycho is exceedingly rare. Probably just a bad guy, you know, just a self-interested human. Uh, that willing to do the wrong thing to get something that they want or something they felt cheated out of, something they felt like they deserved. Uh, that That's probably what this guy is. Uh, but I'm saying, but, but, 
you know, violence is because of guns. You know, maybe an evil black rifle made him do it. So in kind of a nonsense way that doesn't make any sense to me, uh, Stu Mack here, uh, time travel Stu, who's been a long time kind of Twitter follower of mine. Uh, Stu, you were here like in the beginning. I don't know if you watched the streams, um, but I do know that Stu has my Twitter notifications like on lock because anything that I, I could tweet me passing gas and Stu would comment on it. Uh, I really could. Um, but he posted this, needed a good guy with a gun uh, that now has 4 million views. Uh, Fox LA reporting Secret Service takedown of protester during uh, POTUS motorcade. Okay. She's going to get hit by a car. Oh, and there she goes. <laughs> Bad words. I should have censored that. Yeah, so they uh, well we can't stop on on the bus. There we go. <laughs> uh, so, can I just say like this this person's getting off scot free, but can I just say let's let's back up here a little bit. I mean, because takedown's worth watching twice, right? Leg, boom, hip, there we go. All right. Watch my back. Watch my back. Watch my back. Why watch my back? This person right here. <laughs> oh. Uh, with the skateboard. Look, look, look. And they're, they're all kind of casual, but I'm telling you, you swing that skateboard, uh, and th this is not a Kyle Rittenhouse situation. You know, I, I don't think the boys in black are just going to light her up but like this is what law enforcement is dealing with this is what i call a situation uh while this officer over here is kind of waving at, oh oh maybe the, is, is kamala in there can she look up can can she look up and give us a wave uh this crazy girl i mean dude's dealing with feet you know he did the takedown good but he didn't get that chest to chest body control which is what you what you want um, you know, this is a woman and what we know uh, about women, I'm sorry, I'm going to offend some of you, but I don't care. Uh, women are typically small, smaller and weaker than men. Uh, women are very typically stronger and weaker than United States service agents um, to include their uniformed police. All he needed to do was maintain the chest to chest control and she would continue to struggle, but she would be pinned to the ground and, and just kind of drain the fight out of her. And now he's kind of sitting here dealing with legs. But while he's dealing with this, old girl right here with the skateboard is, this situation is no bueno. I mean, honestly, old waving dude should have literally just tackled her. You can't just walk up behind law enforcement officer going hands-on on someone with the skateboard with your hand on the trucks very much like the video footage of skateboards being swung at Kyle Rittenhouse's head. You, you just can't do it. Bro. I mean, you see this body language here? Yeah, she... Yeah, anyway. 
this woman was arrested. Why was this woman arrested? Why, why, why is, is Stu here saying, calling this out, needed a good guy with the gun? Uh, this, this was a good guy with the gun. Um, Stu lives in Australia. I don't know what they do in Australia. I mean, prime minister's got a, a motorcade or whatever. Um, for the political elite here, they don't experience the phenomenon of traffic because they travel in these things called motorcades. Uh, and there, there are lots of laws on the books about motorcades. But just to not confuse anyone, you as an American citizen, a visitor, green card holder, whatever, will be arrested if you try to impede a motorcade. Because do you know what type of people impede motorcades? Uh, terrorist assassins. This train stops for no one. As much as I deeply despise Joe Biden, he is the president of the United States. You know, I don't throw out that duly elected word uh, too willy-nilly, but he is the president of the United States. The history books will say that the 46th president of the United States is former Vice President Joe Biden. Um, his motorcade can't be stopped, okay? Uh, old girl doesn't get to just go out here, you know, flaunting her whatever and and with with no consequences. Now, when the guy came over, she could have gone back to the sidewalk, but it's F you, F this, F that. Uh, when he puts hands on her, then it turns into WrestleMania. It turns into the kicks and, and all of this nonsense. He's not punching her, elbowing her, kicking her. He is just trying to do some simple subject compliance here. Uh, so thank you, Stu, for pointing this out to me. This Secret Service agent is a good guy with a gun. Maybe we'll make a segment, good guy with a gun. That would be fun. Uh, that's not supposed to rhyme. Okay, it, I'm feeling more rhymes coming in. I'm going to cut myself off. I'm going to cut myself off. Boom, there we go. All right, reshare the screen. Screen three, boom. Add to stream. Come on, StreamYard, you, you got to help me out so that we don't have to do this anymore. All right, there we go. So let's see here. Um, so law enforcement, they were the first ones to kind of break my heart. Uh, you know, not uh, staunch conscious, staunch constitutionalists don't really care about the Constitution, the Federalists, the, uh, the founding of the country, don't really understand the Declaration and um, what it is to have to shake off tyranny, but then be entrusted uh, with the sacred honor of protecting and preserving uh, the liberty that was won. Keeping the peace, not just for us, but for our posterity, you know, uh, standing guard over the future, that kind of stuff. Uh, so I learned pretty quickly, even in academy, uh, that law enforcement, that, that is not their bag. That is a facade. Most law enforcement officers do it because it is a job, uh, the, a job that turns into a career because, now hear me, they are very, most of them very brave. You have to be a fortuitous person uh, to, to be in law enforcement, dodging bullets and knives and all these things, stuff that I have an intimate knowledge about, but that's a story for another day. So that's true. You know, blessed are the peacekeepers for they will inherit the kingdom. That, that stuff is true. Unfortunately, most law enforcement, that's, that's not the case. That's why we see uh, all these violent takeovers like Hitler's brown shirts and, um, you know, 
uh, the Cultural Revolution, Mao's Red Revolution, all these things, this is violence committed at the hands of the government by law enforcement or by militaries. And, and then the two become one. It's a police state or a military state or whatever. Um, and, and that centralized command, that's why decentralized command is a good thing. Uh, that's why sheriffs are a good thing. That's why that's in the Constitution, that the people will elect a sheriff. Um, uh, it's a shall elect, not a may elect. We we don't have to get permission from anyone to do that. It's a constitutionally enshrined um, office, which is why sheriffs and deputies are noted as constitutional officers when you, when you look at your state constitutions and things like that. But anyway, I digress. Military, surely these will be the people, you know, fighting for our rights, die on any hill, uh, protect and preserve uh, Americanism, American exceptionalism, love America. Um, obviously, that was wrong. That that my my heart broke pretty quick on that one. Even at basic training, you you learn that everyone's not there because they're a patriot, just like law enforcement. Law enforcement is a brilliant career you can get in with no degree that has relatively high pay once you get through the grunt year, the, the 28000 30000 a year, uh, and having to pay for the insane medical and all that stuff, you know, when, when you're young and, and you can do that. But law enforcement is a very good career, has a good career trajectory. You know, you can get into this thing at 20 years old, 21 years old, go to academy, um, turn 21 before you're sworn. Uh, but you can have a brilliant career. You know, they have retirement benefits. Um, Things like that when, with no degree. Uh, the military is that way too. So it, it turns out that most people are, are looking for stability. They're looking for stable jobs. They don't love the Constitution. Many of them, and again, if I could do the study, man, guys, I would. Maybe one day I'll, I'll do the study. It'll be heartbreaking, but we already know the vast majority of law enforcement, the vast majority of military, and the vast majority of elected officials who all swear some type of oath of service, of office, uh, to the people, to the United States Constitution to protect, preserve, support, defend, uphold, whatever it is that their line says, the vast majority of them could give two craps about the Constitution and an even vaster majority, I am sure, have never read the document. Not even the amendments, I'm talking about the four-page document, just the articles, the preamble, and the articles of the United States Constitution. They don't understand enumerated and unenumerated powers. They don't understand. They get fed this case law. Hey, this case gives you the right to pull someone out of the car. They don't understand the makeup of, of this country. They don't understand that the Constitution is the what, the Declaration is the why, because of tyranny, because of oppressive government, because of government overreach, because of the people feeling like the voiceless, just being herded around, prodded cattle. Uh, because of that, we shook off that tyrannical form of government and formed this new one. And how we do that, how this government is administered, is by the people giving the powers expressed in the Constitution and in the Articles of the Constitution. That, that's how it worked. Um, so, you know, law enforcement, heartbreak, military, heartbreak, uh, you know, working at the Pentagon and, and, and being this high dollar consultant and with the cool clearance, the cool this, the cool that. And you just see, you know, highest levels of government dealing with clients that are generals, uh, not brigadier, four star generals, 
members of the chiefs of staff, uh, you know, deputy directors and directors of agencies, at the highest level of government, you deal with these people. And then you realize that we are on the freaking vert. Like how, how have these people who hate our country, how have they become who, who they are? And well, the answer is uh, Obama appointed them because, you know, we had a thousand of these directors and deputy chiefs and whatnot. And then when he left office, we had 7,000. So, I mean, we know the how. Um, but yeah, I forget how I started on that uh, <laughs> that uh, heartbreak hotel. I was reading uh, Jay Short's comments. Oh yeah, the Department of Injustice. Uh, so kind of where I started is where I'll end. Um, the Department of Justice, the Department of Injustice, they, they don't love our country, the constitution, they don't love our rights. They see us as the enemy. They, they want to take whatever it is that they can take from us. Uh, the DOJ is an unconstitutional. So, so is most of the alphabet fed operations. So Jay Short's hitting on something important here. Uh, absolutely agree. So the way that this works is there are these these executive agencies, which a lot of times now we call administrative agencies, which means they're just born out of the executive. They're kind of, you know, Obama style. I got a pen and I got a phone. They're just kind of pushed out of nothing. Um, so then we have things like the IRS is one of these types of agencies. Uh, FBI, DEA, um, ODNI, the whole of the Department of Homeland Security, you know, Patriot Act bullcrap nonsense. Um, but TSA, all these agencies, so many agencies, and they're just born out of the executive. Now they get they get their charter from the president, you know, what is this agency supposed to do? FBI, you're the Federal Bureau of Investigation. You're supposed to investigate federal crimes. And IRS, you you're you're supposed to uh screw Americans and and shake every uh you know, dollar, diamond, nickel, you can get out of people. What's interesting about the IRS is how they went from kind of a regulatory agency to a law enforcement agency. Um, and now they're, they're born out of the executive, but they get funding and they get approved and all that kind of stuff from Congress. So then it kind of becomes this joint venture between the president and the United States Congress. The weird thing and why Jay Short is right, um, who, who is watching on Rumble. Guys, if you're not subscribed on Rumble, you are just risking, you're kind of just risking it all because I can get taken down from YouTube at any point. It happens all the time. I think I've gotten two or three strikes. They were spread out far enough that, uh, that my channel's still alive. Same deal with Facebook, same deal with Twitter. You've got to uh, subscribe to the podcast. You've got to become... A, a locals supporter, djmobleyshow.com slash locals. Um, and, and you've got to subscribe on Rumble. Subscribe on podcast, subscribe on Rumble. Subscribe on my website, djmobleyshow.com. Hit listen, hit the RSS feed. Uh, that can't be taken down, okay? Uh, I've, I've got it hosted in a secure way. Um, so you, you, you have got to stick to um, the source in, in this ridiculous world now. Um, but the interesting thing about these agencies, they are unconstitutional, and here's why. Uh, what they do is they are agencies, executive agencies, administrative agencies, born out of the president, born out of the executive. 
uh, and they set rules and regulations, but those rules have the power of law. The enforcement, and many of these agencies are their own regulators. They make their own rules and they enforce them as dual-hatted, whatever the purpose, whatever the charter the president gave them, plus law enforcement capabilities. Uh, you know this to be true because the IRS doesn't just kind of have a regulatory capacity. They have a huge investigative and law enforcement capacity where they can take you to jail. They can put you in prison and man, they will if, they, if you give them the chance. You got to have that stuff buttoned up. Um, the interesting thing is that they make the rules and then they enforce the rules and the rules and regulations have the power of law, even though they're not laws, you know? Uh, like, why can't I cut this barrel down on this rifle and make it shorter? It's not because it's against the law. It's because it's against ATF regulation. And that regulation has the power of law. If I do it, then I go to prison. Not because it's against the law, because the ATF rules say so. That is unconstitutional. And the fact that it's allowed to go on you know, I'm not a genius. I'm not the most well-read constitutional scholar, but obviously I understand that the Constitution sets forth the mechanisms by which laws are made and enforced in the country. And I know the Constitution does not say the president can make an agency and the agency can make a rule. And if a citizen doesn't obey the rule, then the citizen can be thrown into prison. ATF regulations are inherently unconstitutional. And just the idea of the ATF making a regulation about firearms, that just the idea of it screams this is an infringement on the Second Amendment. The IRS is more dubious. Do you realize the IRS is the only law enforcement entity in the United States that comes to you and says, prove to me that you didn't commit a crime, and if you can't, you go to prison? If the sheriff comes to your door, if a detective comes to your door, if the police chief of the NYPD comes to your door and says, prove to me that you didn't murder someone last night at 8 p.m., you would laugh in their face and slam the door. You would say, this is absurd. Come back with a warrant. Talk to my lawyer. If the IRS did the same, you got to jump through every hoop that they want you to jump through. You got to experience that that colostomy of a, or that colonoscopy of an audit that they're going to do. You've got to front the money for CPAs and attorneys and, and you've got to provide thousands and thousands of records to them. And they're, they're saying, hey, we believe you broke the law, prove to us you didn't, or you go to prison. That is not how regular law enforcement, innocent until proven guilty. That is not how law enforcement works in this country beyond a reasonable shadow of a doubt for, for criminal code, for, for criminal prosecution, to send someone to prison. Not the IRS. That's not how they roll. Uh, so, Jay Short, you are right on the money there. As well as this comment, her name should be Joy Less. Uh, no warrant shall issue, but upon probable cause supported by oath or affirmation and particularly describing the place to be searched. This is, uh, he's, he's spelling it out. Uh, for you guys, and the persons or things to be seized must have all five. Absolutely. Um, so don't don't submit to warrantless search. Law enforcement's got to have 
not reasonable suspicion, but probable clause with clear and articulable facts to the level to sway a judge, usually via a district attorney or commonwealth attorney, to write an executable warrant. So if they have all that, if you're if you've broken the law, that obviously, and they have all that, then you don't have a choice. They have a warrant. That's the only condition under which you should allow someone uh, to search. You must have all five to issue a warrant, but they don't need to do that. Yeah, they don't need to do that when we uh, submit uh, to the warrants. All right, let's finish up the comments here. She wasn't bright when I used to work with her. Uh, it comes back. Thanks for having Matt on sub. Hey, thank you so much for subscribing uh, to the channel. Really appreciate that. Uh, and I, I know Matt does as well. Matt Christensen is uh, awesome, dude. Awesome, dude. Um, so I got to check a couple more places for some comments. And then, um, you know, they really don't make it easy to, to get at those uh, to get at those comments because of uh, uh, that one's been deleted. Why is it deleted? Or did um, or did Twitter do that? I don't know. All right. Sorry. I can't see your comments on Twitter. It looks like Twitter's done something interesting. I can't see that. All right. Other uh, place. It doesn't appear to have any comments, but 117 views. Hey, get her, get her showing out today. Uh, thanks, guys. Very, very cool. Hey, thanks for the follows. I really appreciate you guys. Um, Getter and Rumble, uh, two of the best places to follow me. The absolute best place to follow me is on uh, uh, Locals. But uh, uh, Getter and Rumble are the best places to follow to get to see the live streams um, and to keep up with this content. All right. Well, uh, there's one. Well, I, sometimes the Facebook comments come through. Sometimes they don't. So let's take a look. And wow, I don't see any Facebook comments today. All right. Perfect. So... Guys, thanks so much for joining me on the Joe Mobley Show. Thanks for watching live. Really appreciate that. Ooh, it's 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 an interesting time to live. We are all in this together. Guys, if you enjoyed the content and if, if you've listened this long, you've watched this long, you enjoyed it, make sure that you like, share, and subscribe, okay? If you are a podcast listener, give me a five-star review. You like the show, go ahead and rate and review the show. If you're going to give me one through four stars, then leave a comment, 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 comment. Let me know how I can make this show better for you. Um, if if you're subscribed, if you already liked this episode, like, 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 then share it. Share it with someone you know, someone uh, who, who would enjoy this content as well. So go ahead and let them know about it. You can get all of the merch, like the stuff that I'm wearing right now, the My AR-15 identifies as a stick. Uh, you can grab that on my website, thejoemobleyshow.com. Uh, the slippers that I have on my feet, these MyPillow slippers that are on sale for just 49 bucks that are going to go back up to 149 So you're really going to miss out on that if you don't go. You can find that at mypillow.com slash Mobley. Huge thank you to MyPillow for being a sponsor of the show. Huge thanks to Birch Gold for presenting Today's show, guys, the DJ Mobile Show is presented by Birch Gold. That's the wrong overlay. That's the one we want. Birch Gold Group. Text Mobley to 989898 to get your free information kit uh, and see how you can invest in precious metals. 
That is all I got for you today. Have a good one. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Joe Mobley Show. Remember to subscribe and make sure you don't miss out on future content. You can always show your support by leaving a review or making a financial contribution by going to thejoemobleyshow.com and hitting support the show. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. If that was the first prayer you've ever prayed, I hope it won't be the last. Until next time, this is The Joe Mobley Show.